welcome to another exciting episode of Talking Points with me, Papri Das. Our guest today reiterates the line, life begins at 40. And his life is nothing short of a filmy plot taken from a movie like Rock On. From successfully leading BBH India as his CEO, to being the lead singer in a rock band, Subhash Kamath sure knows how to do it in style. Welcome to our show, sir. My pleasure. So, tell me how do you balance being a rock star as well as a CEO, a boss? How do you balance it? Well, I'm not a rock star. I just play in a band and we get a chance to play a few gigs every now and then, mostly with friends from the industry. And it's great fun, right? So I wouldn't call myself a rock star. And uh, advertising is what I've done for the last 29, 30 years. So that's what I'm, that's the only thing I know how to do. Usually what happens is you start a band in college and you know, then work comes and you leave it behind. But for you, the order was kind of the other way around. No, it exactly happened that way. I used to play a bit of music with friends uh, in college. Uh, and after one started working, music took a back seat. We were all busy climbing the corporate ladder, as to say. Uh, for many years, uh, you know, hardly touched my guitar, apart from maybe playing with a few friends once in a while. Uh, never really took music seriously. And then about 8-10 years ago, when I was at Bates, there was a big industry event uh, for the ad club. And uh, they were going to award people under 30. It was a Young Achievers Awards. And they came up with this idea that let's have two bands. One band of people under 30 versus one band of people above 30 as part of the entertainment. And uh, I don't know how, but somebody called me and said, look, why don't you, I heard you play the guitar, why don't you put a band together? I laughed because I hadn't been on stage for 25 years. Uh, but my, my, my colleague and partner, Rajiv Raja, is a brilliant uh, flutist and a musician. And when I asked him, this is what I, this is the request that's coming, he said, yeah, yeah, let's do it, because he was very enthusiastic. And there was another friend, Prabhakar Munkur, who was the CEO of Percept. And he is an amazing lead guitarist and a good friend. So we three got together and we called a few more people and we put a band together in literally two days. What do you call it? Uh, we didn't call ourselves anything that time. And we had just one rehearsal, uh, because it was just a 15-20 minute uh, performance for each band, um, three, four songs. And we picked up some popular numbers and we just rehearsed it once and we went up on stage. But everybody loved it, you know. And it was great fun, you know, playing for your own friends in the industry. And that's how it started. And then we, you know, somebody else called us for, Mudra had a reunion of ex-Mudra people. Uh, at the Taj Lands and they said, Would you, can we come, you guys come and play. We, yeah, we played for an hour. Then there was an advertising book launch in Delhi and the people from agency FAQs called up and said, you know, would you guys like to play for our event? And I said, yeah, okay. That's how it started and uh, mostly we played for our own industry friends at events. And then one day we decided, you know, what would it be if we played it for the public? And uh, there's a small bar here in Bandra, a very nice place called Bonobo. Hmm. And we did our first performance at the Bonobo. Very small place, but some two, three hundred people landed up from the industry, so it was like very crowded. And then uh, our friend Mahesh Mathai, who owns Blue Frog, heard about it and he says, How come you haven't played at the Blue Frog? And he gave us a date at the Blue Frog. And after that, we've been playing 
every few months so and it's just becoming you know how do you like plan up a rehearsal like jamming time because everybody needs to be available at that time right that's the most difficult part yeah yeah because uh, three four of my bandmates are professional musicians so they are playing and traveling all the time uh, they're very very accomplished musicians and uh, yeah i mean if they're not in town then you can't rehearse but somehow we managed to get at least about three or four rehearsals before a gig what is uh, the band called now and what kind of music do you play? well we call ourselves uh, wanted yesterday uh, it's an old advertising cliche because clients deadlines are always wanted yesterday uh, and since we come from advertising and at the same time we play a lot of retro music which is classic rock and blues and therefore the band name kind of fits in beautifully your musical influence your passion for music uh, has it come forth in your work as well oh absolutely my love for music and my passion has helped me in many ways uh, when we brainstorm on a particular uh, piece of work how to make it better i can input on that if somebody has created a great sound i'm able to understand that better and evaluate it better uh, when you see how music or sound can be used as part of the narrative and how to make the brand's voice more distinctive all of that is a tremendously exciting uh, thing to do if you like music and and in advertising i've come across some amazingly talented musicians who have become friends now over the years and seeing it's a pleasure to just watch them create something when you think about all the organizations you have worked with so far what do you think of as your highlights i would say it's been a pretty long career and i've worked with what four organizations five organizations in a month close to 30 years now i've had high points at different stages of my career in different organizations when i first started off at ogilvy i was a young trainee uh, absolutely eager and passionate and everything to learn i had a great boss in piyush pandey who was my immediate boss he's the one who hired me it was not just about the work it was also about you know we did things together there were picnics there were movie clubs there were trekking clubs i was part of the cricket team uh, ogilvy was a one big family in those days and i really took to it like a fish to water so i would certainly hold my first 3 years as a high point uh, i also had a lot of high points working for an amazingly creative agency called trikaya which became trikaya gray and now it's called gray and they sent me to calcutta office uh, it was for me like going back home to calcutta where i grew up i was just a senior aide that time and but in a small office where there are only four or five people you tend to do everything okay so everything from choosing the color of the waste paper basket to making presentations meeting clients uh, it's just five seven of us working from a room and that experience again is something that is very unique then years later i also was sent as the head of an office at a very young age of 29 and i was made the 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 branch head of bangalore which was a very different high for the first time i had to learn management and leadership skills uh, everybody looked to you for solutions uh, the client saw you as a person in the corner office i think that was a big change point in my life uh, and possibly one of the most successful periods i would say because you know we won every every pitch we walked into we did some great campaigns 
and then years later when I became a CEO for the first time which is again a completely different completely different experience what has been your experience uh, of working with uh, Bartle Bogle and Hegarty? They are absolute legends in the business, aren't they? Uh, Nigel Bogle and John Hegarty have been two people I've admired for I don't know how many years now, even before I joined the organization. They are amazingly inspirational people. They have built something which, you know, can only be admired as one of the best brands in the world. Uh, and even today, uh, they are into their 60s, uh, the kind of passion and intensity that they bring to any discussion or job has to be seen to be believed. I mean, if at that age I have even 10% of that passion and that intensity, I'd be a happy man. Which ones do you look back to and say that have been very challenging for you to come up with those ads? You know, I have a saying that every ad is attention. There's attention to crack every ad and you're as good as your last campaign yeah even if you've done a brilliant campaign 10 years ago the next brief that comes to you still gives you that tension okay there is no formula that you can rely on it's not mechanical it's a creative business you still want to crack something which is more exciting persuasive motivating you don't want to do something which every other competitor has done you want to make it stand out you want to make it memorable. Uh, so which has been most challenging? I would say every single ad that I've worked on has been very, very challenging. Are you a believer in awards for like, you know, agency marketing awards? Yeah, of course, of course. I think awards are great. I think creativity and great ideas should always be recognized and rewarded. Uh, what I'm against is, is, is this business of scam, uh, which is happening unfortunately in our industry across many awards. Uh, people are creating work that no consumer sees and it's just being created to win awards and that's something I can't stand and I'll always be against and at BBH we don't do it so we only work on real problems, uh, create real work and if a real work gets an award I'll be the happiest. Can you give us an example of such a scam happening? Oh just go to any, any awards website and 90% of the work you see in print and outdoor would be scam. It is. It's become a malaise of our industry. It's not just me saying it. Hegarty says it. So many people say it. It's, it's uh, even at Cannes, a large part of the work is scam. When you started off with advertising, I don't think digital was that big. No, it wasn't there. <laughs> it I come from the prehistoric times. <laughs> when people used to read just print ads. We used to send messages across cities through telex and telegrams. I'm not joking. That's the way it was. So from there to now, now that digital is such a big uh, medium, so how have you uh, adapted to it? The first thing you have to do to understand the digital medium is to be part of it. You can't study it, <laughs> you have to use it. So I think when, when cell phones first came, uh, there was a lot of talk of why do you need a cell phone, we have a phone at home, we have a phone in office, this is an intrusion and all that, but today I can't Imagine what I would have done without a cell phone. I've got my music on an iPod and on my phone. I've got an iPad which I use to surf. In office I use a laptop. Uh, I'm constantly on, on, on social media, either Facebook or LinkedIn or most of my friends are connected on WhatsApp. Uh, we're constantly talking and everything is instant. 
you know we've got apps to order food decide on the menu what time you've got we've got apps to order groceries at home uh, i think and i'll i'll look at all my music or whatever other entertainment or content on youtube or whatever on my phone or on my ipad so all my videos movies everything has become digital so you've got to learn how to firstly be you can't stay out of it and say i'll think of an idea for it right one of my senior colleagues in bbh had a beautiful statement he says you don't need digital ideas you need ideas for a digital world since your time is divided in being a boss and then being a musician how do you find time for your family actually music happens only once in two months or three months whenever there's a gig so three evenings rehearsal happens before that gig right so it's not that music takes me away from home or office every day it's only once a quarter kind of thing otherwise for me uh, work the moment i finish work i come home sometimes i come home at 5:36 sometimes 7 if i have to stay late once in a while there's a big pitch i'll stay late i prefer not to uh, hang around in office if my work is done um, because i'd rather come home and spend time at home so when you think of all the trainees the youngsters who come into the industry what would be your message to them don't approach it as just a job a job is what you just do from 9 to 5 and you can but advertising is something that you need to feel you must love wanting to reach out to consumers you must love the creative process the ideation you must love having fun you must love music you must love movies all of that helps you in advertising our business of advertising is changing so rapidly it's actually the younger people who can make a bigger difference in the digital world than old people like me well it has been a pleasure talking to you thank you My so pleasure. much for joining us thanks for coming and meeting us thank you sir thank you